Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast, episode 97, January 26. Regular people here, Jason Neal. Hey guys, what's going on? Uh, Neil's just fresh back from a Boston trip and fresh back with a nice nasty cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to try not to give it to you. <laughs> so, this is Normally I'd say let's make it quick, but we can't because it's a podcast. So we'll <laughs> it's just, okay. We'll, hopefully the germs stay over there. Yeah, my voice is getting a little better. We went out to eat yesterday and I said you should uh, probably travel in a different car because that's how contagious I am. All right, off topic. Let's let's give a review for St. Louis Bar and Grill. Is this in a Canadian company or... I don't know. They have them in Toronto. I don't know if they're in the States or not. So it's called St. Louis Bar and Grill. Devilishly good is their tagline. Um, I have never heard of them before prior to them prior to them coming to Fredericton. I heard of them because they're on, they advertise on sports radio in Toronto. Oh, okay. So they're pretty well known then. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I left a review on Google. Did you? Did I tell you that? There wasn't too many reviews on Google no, at, I, at the I, time. I left a very lengthy review. What did you give it? Two out of five. Ooh, I was thinking three. Yeah. But three was generous. Um, now we've, that means that said, we've only gone there once and. And it just opened this week. It just opened. So all, yeah. this, like even the staff, when I was ordering something, I think the lady, the waitress asked me a question about, does it come with this? And she's like, I shouldn't be asking you. I'm like, oh no, it's fine. Like <laughs> you guys are still figuring this out too. So I opened the menu up and looked. I would say that, uh, the staff was amazing. The like aesthetically it looked really good there was lots of tvs the, it was really comfortable to oh yeah like brand new clean stuff. like well yep. like it was well done but the food not great yeah the fries were old uh my we, chicken fingers were not great we ordered really simple things like there was four of us there between the four of us there was a boutin two things of chicken strips <laughs> or fingers or whatever you want to call them and then a club sandwich none of that takes that long really to make also we were the first people in the store. Yeah, there basically. was. I think we were like the third group of people in the store because we went there right as they open. Yeah. So Neil pulls his phone out and he says, "We've been waiting thirty-five minutes." And then it was another couple of minutes after that, and the food came. Yeah, so we waited 40 about forty minutes. minutes. And when the food came, it wasn't piping hot. Like it, it seemed like it had been sitting there for a little while. Mm. So it would be interesting to hear back from other people listening to this. We have heard that another location was better, so maybe they're just still working out the kinks. Yeah, if if you are in the United States and they have this, please let us know what you Or even if you're it. in like Toronto or something. Yeah, like, in Canada, like let us know how you feel. Like was our experience tainted uh, by the fact that it was so new and no one in yeah. there actually knew what they were doing? Is, would a typical experience be better than what we experienced? And like where they have their bar like kind of up at the front. Like a lot of restaurants, when you go in, they have like that window where the kitchen can talk through. And I even said this to you at the time. Yeah. They had, they didn't have that here. So they actually have to go through this little doorway and down a hallway that leads to the kitchen. So the only way that the servers know to go look is if they go and yeah. look. Because they didn't have buzzers. They didn't have anything. So they're just walking around talking to people. Meanwhile, our food could be sitting there getting cold. Exactly. Which is, I th- which is what I think happened. But. Yeah. No, but the good thing there, though, there's lots of TVs and lots of sports on the TVs. Oh, yeah. There was basketball. I think there was some... The All Star Game was on football. A lot of TVs. Yeah, there's lots of All Star like replays game. of the because obviously yeah. it wasn't on when we were there. But uh, but yeah, anyway. So, um, although not although, but a good segue into my trip. I ate at some amazing places. All right. So what Neil was away in Boston. We told you, that's why we had to have an yak last week. Right. Yeah. So that's why there's no podcast. Last he week. met a bunch of people that. Fans from YouTube. Fans of the podcast. Yeah. He, he ate. He got sick. He went and <laughs> sat in a Tesla. So I'll, yeah. let, I'll let you take your trip away. Yeah, so uh, my work brought me down to Boston. Uh, I was meeting with Wayfair specifically. Uh, I won't tell you why or with what company, but I was had a meeting with Wayfair, 
And I had some other things to do in Bellingham, which is just outside of Boston, about 40 minutes or so. Um, so while I was there, I got to meet uh, some awesome people, people who, who listen and, and watch the podcast. Uh, thanks so much for coming up and saying hello. It was it was awesome to meet you guys and got to talk to some real Bostonians, which, mm. which was pretty cool. And I will just say in general, my experience in Boston was fantastic. Everybody was super nice. Uh, the only bit of rudeness that I saw was my Uber driver getting angry at another driver, which was just funny. It was like, it didn't impact me any. It was, it was awesome. So my experience overall was, was pretty great. I really enjoyed my time in Boston. Uh, the game that I went to at TD Garden was, was great. Uh, Boston versus Pittsburgh, Sidney Crosby scored with like 17 seconds into the game. So number one, I got to see Sidney Crosby play, which was awesome. Number two, I've gone down twice. I've gone down twice to see Pittsburgh play. Both times Crosby was hurt, and both times they lost. You Dang. go, you go down the one time. Boom. Uh, so yeah, and, uh, Boston won that game. It was a really good game. Pittsburgh sucked that entire game. They were just terrible. Boston yeah. played pretty decently. There were some fights, which was awesome. You seen it all? I, I. It was see, a good game. Pasternak scored. Yep. Yeah, it was a really good game. So, uh, I'll post some pictures on um, Instagram uh, if you'd like to go check them out. I think I think I already posted a couple. Yep. But I had seats at the very back, literally the very back. You can't get cement wall right here. Cement wall right behind me. The seats were comfortable, but they were pretty tight. Yeah. I made leg sex with the guy next to me. So unintentionally. Good on the bottom, not good on the hips. Yeah, not good on the hips. Um, but pretty pretty my overall experience, pretty decent in the T D garden. They gave us all posters when we walked in. They had Chara on it. So I kept that. Uh a lot of people a lot of sales staff asking to buy, asking for me to buy 50-50. Like I could probably get asked nine times on my way from walking in the door to my seat. So that was my my only minor gripe. What about but, what about the time to get into your seat? Like from outside in and inside out when the game was over? Was it pretty decent or? I would say it was extremely decent based on the fact that I probably had the longest walk from the opening door <laughs> yeah. to the seat because I was at the very top. Uh, it took... It took about 15 minutes, and that's because about 11 of those minutes were me stopping at the stores and looking yeah, around. Yeah, that's so, good. So I it was I really liked that arena a lot. Uh, I thought it was pretty fantastic, and leaving didn't take very long at all. No, I think they've got multiple doors, and people just kind of file out. Yeah, it was it was really it was really great. It was actually way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, but honestly, no serious complaints or even barely minor complaints about my experience at TD Garden. Uh, all the fans were great. Um, and you even wore a Bruins jersey. I wore a Bruins jersey and a Bruins hat. Got to support the local team. <laughs> now I will say I believe my record in NHL games. I don't. Now Dad claims that we saw Montreal lose to. This is twenty plus years ago, either Atlanta or Philadelphia. I can't remember, but I don't remember watching Montreal lose back then. I don't remember ever being to an NHL game where. Who I've cheering for has lost. Really? I think I'm seven and zero. Wow. He claims I'm one six and one, but wow. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> you yeah, need to go to more Bruins games. I know. Because uh, the, the previous game that I saw was the Vegas versus Winnipeg playoff game from two years ago. Vegas won. The game before that was Toronto versus the Islanders. The last game that Tavares played in Toronto before he became a Maple Leaf, mm-hmm. and Toronto won seven to one. Like I just have good luck, I guess, when I go watch watch games. So, anyways, 
awesome experience. Loved Boston. Went around to um, some mall. Can't remember what the name of the mall was. Had a Tesla store. Had an Amazon store. Had a Wayfair store. Pretty cool to see some of those stores in there and stuff. Sat in the Tesla. Seats were super comfortable. That was my one question I had. Yeah. Sit in the seats. Tell me how comfortable they are and find out how they do maintenance if there's no Tesla dealer around. <laughs> yeah. Which sounds like you're bone if there is none. Yeah. So that was great. And then I went, my, my work took me to uh, Utica, New York. So that was a long drive and there was a trade show there. And that's when I started to get really sick, but still had a decent time. Uh, I really like Utica. It's a nice little town. It kind of reminds me of Fredericton a little bit and then came home. That was, that was pretty much it. So quick trip, a good experience. Uh, really happy that I met uh, mm. Lots of people. Yeah, that's cool. And thank you to thank you again to everyone who came up and and shook my hand and introduced yourself. And it was just really nice chatting with with uh, with everyone. So yeah, hope to get back sometime. Mm. Uh, and then I came home with a sickness and still have it. Didn't feel like filming on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Filmed on Thursday. I don't remember filming. I filmed two videos. I don't remember filming them, editing them, or releasing them. Like I would. The drugs, <laughs> the drugs, the, uh, the sickness drugs. Yeah. And you were but, going to bed at like eight o'clock, eight 30. I was like, what? oh yeah, I slept, I, like, oh, yeah, I slept sick. 12 hours, almost every single night this week. But, oh yeah. Uh, when this is over, t- I want you to, <laughs> I shouldn't be saying this in the podcast. I want you to tell me about my dream because I'm probably going to forget about it. And I want to tell you about it. Remember oh, I told you I had this dream? Right. We won't talk about I that in the podcast. You. Okay. All right. So we good with that. Yeah. We're good All with right. that. Let's get into it. Not much hockey news going on this week other than the All-Star game. The break's on. Yeah, pretty slow week. So um, a lot of stuff happened as soon as you went to Boston. Yes. Uh, we had a friggin' <laughs> GM fired in New Jersey. We had Gerard Gallant fired all right there in that window when you were gone. I so not. I was like, I got to make a video. So I was like, I'm going to come down here and just do you, a video. Yeah, and you did a really good job. I got heated for some reason. I don't know why. I don't blame you. Like, why would I care if some millionaire got fired from a job and is going to get a new job again in a couple months? Because he's the man. That's he why. He's the man. That's why you're pissed. That's why I'm I pissed. I just thought that he was done dirty, and this was the second time in a row he was done dirty. I, I don't understand it. I don't... I, you made a lot, lot of really good points in your video, and I don't want to sit here and redo the video. Because the video's on YouTube if you want to You guys see should it. go watch it if you haven't watched it. Jason did a really good job, but I agreed with everything you said in the video. I don't understand why he was fired. I think it was done unfairly. Uh, I think that he is possibly victim of his, his of his own success from his owners, they see what happened in the first year. They see what happened in the so second do, do year. Do you think it's an owner thing too? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I think the owners are spoiled, rotten, and they need someone to blame. So why not blame the coach? I think this is the beginning of the end, or at least I hope it is. And I, I hate saying that about Vegas because I love Vegas. I love the city. I especially love their fans. I hate saying I hope that this is the beginning of the end, but I want it to backfire. So he's taught a lesson or whoever made the decision is taught a lesson that this was a mistake. It was a mistake by, or every everyone surrounding him probably told me whoever it was a mistake. I can't imagine that there was multiple pe- people thinking that this was a good decision. See, that's to what make. I said. I said if this is actually the GM making the call, I don't think it was George McPhee. George McPhee is the president I don't now, th- so it well, would have had to go through like, him too. I don't, th- but I don't think that he he doesn't build that team. I don't think with so either. George Gallant and then send him out the door. That doesn't make sense. He, like he, George McPhee handpicked. Gerard Gallant. That's who he wanted. Yes. <laughs> like, you don't take him for two years and then you're not 
See, some of the fans in the comments were saying, like, you know, the team isn't playing up to their potential and they haven't had great starts. But you could say that with almost every team in the West. That's why it's so close out there right now. Yes, exactly. There's a four-way tie for, with 57 points, I think, in the Pacific. Last like, how many teams in the West could you say these guys could be doing better? Almost all of them. <laughs> the- <laughs> like, you could – the argument you're making for firing this guy could be applied to every team out there pretty much. The Pacific di- Division is garbage. The best – the, the number one team in the Pacific Division would not even be in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Except so, for the P- Pacific Division won the All-Star game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Anyway, we'll get into that later. But yeah, I I don't know. So anyway, that week went by. Oh, yeah. Close. And then this week comes by, or this week happens when you're back, and... Pff, Ain't nothing going on except for the All Star Game and no, there's not much. There's not much news as the, and there shouldn't be. No, there shouldn't be any. Well, there is not going to be any trades because there's a, a tra- trade freeze on, I believe, over the. I don't the know actually. Game. Maybe yeah. I'm, I'm, I thought there was, but there is over Christmas. Um, I don't know if there is over the All Star Game, but as insignificant and as silly as the All Star Game and skills competition has become, there's a lot to talk about. Yes, about what like what happened. I'm, I'm sure that most people listening to this probably didn't watch it but have probably heard about some of the things that happened just because of... Oh, I like think a few gre- people may have watched this. Like Green Day squaring, and then like, yeah. we're, we're going to get into everything and stuff, but there's okay. there's a lot to talk about, so let's do it. Okay, so right off the bat, why don't you give us the winners of all the contests? We can just go through that quick. Right, and so for the record, I watched all the All-Star Game and all the skills competition <laughs> for probably the first time in five He said, I'm, I'm not going to watch much of this. I'm just going to turn it on, and then he watched the whole thing. I watched thing. the whole thing. <laughs> so the skills competition winners, uh, Fastest Skater, uh, was Matthew Barzal, and this was an ups- upset, if I guess, if you want okay, to Okay, I have that. a question. Yeah. Do you think there should be a fastest skater and then a fastest skater with a puck? It's funny you mention that because during the competition, I th- can't remember who was being interviewed, one of the players, maybe Anthony Duclair or someone, but they said, do you think it's fair that this competition is even ha- is even happening with Connor McDavid? Like, is he's going to win, so how do we even the odds or whatever? How do we make it so it's fair? And he said, whoever it was, I think that Conor McDavid should have to skate with a puck. Well, the rest of us shouldn't. <laughs> uh, but uh, and he ended up not winning. He ended up not winning. So I have I have a feeling that this and this is not taking anything away from Matthew Barzal, who is an extremely fast player, as we can well clearly. Tell. Yeah, I think that Conor McDavid was scared because Conor McDavid at a hundred percent could blow a tire and go into the boards because that's how fast he is. So I think he was holding back a little bit. He probably doesn't want to injure himself because uh, he has had two injuries in his career that have been pretty significant. He went into the net earlier this year. I'm not sure if you remember that. Mm-hmm. In Cal, Did you see the documentary that's out on him now? I saw his knee. I saw the trailer for it and I meant to watch it but didn't. He, basically, there's just, if you haven't heard the story of Conor McDavid, he, they recommended he have knee surgery in the offseason. And if they would have, it basically would have changed him forever. Like, there's no yeah. telling. And he opted out of it to play. And now it's through rehab. It's better. Yeah. And he kept that on the down low and no one knew about it until basically right now. Mm. I remember when he slid into the net. I thought that was earlier this year. But maybe it was last year. But that was a, that was a scary moment. And uh, I, so I have a feeling he held back in this competition. But... Um, anyways, regardless, like Matthew Brazal was, was super fast. Chris Kreider was fast as well. A couple of others. So, uh, Matthew Brazal, but Brazal won at 13 second, 13.175 seconds. Um, 
the save streak, which I thought was a ridiculous competition. Uh, Jordan <laughs> Bennington won with 10 saves. It was just boring. Yeah. I'm not sure if you watched it. No, I've seen a bit of it. It's just, I don't know. There's, it's hard to have a skills competition for goalies. Like, what do you do? So, uh, I don't know. It just, it just it, felt a little silly because a lot of the shots, like a lot of the shooters weren't really taking it serious. And, and it's not really the same either. Like when you're skating around a rink, like that's the same for everybody. Yes. That's a legitimate skill. Yeah. Like this is like, well, what's the quality of the shots? Where are the shots aimed? Like, like he had to, like Matthew Chuck tried to beat between the legs. Yeah. Little tricks and stuff. So a lot of these, a lot of these shots weren't typical breakaway moves or shots that you'd see in a game. So I thought that one was really silly. It'd be better if it was a robot doing the shots. A robot? <laughs> a robot doing the shots and all the other goalies weren't allowed to see the other goalies play. <coughs> and then... <laughs> I totally lost my track. Okay, I'm back. Sorry. So say a robot's <laughs> taking the shot. Yeah, yeah. Okay? This is obviously not going to happen. All right. So all the other goalies aren't allowed to watch. So this goalie uh-huh. comes down... Let's say 15 times. Yeah. And then every other goalie comes in and that robot does exactly the same move on every other goalie. That's so the shots, it's the same type of shot. It's the same deke. It's the same everything. So every goalie that's in this competition Mm. is receiving the exact same experience that the one before and after did. But they're not allowed to watch, so they don't know, aren't allowed to know what's coming. That's cool. Now, obviously, (laughs) developing a robot that could do that, it's probably not going to happen, but that's how you legitimize that. What if he used, you know, the tennis ball shooter thing or the baseball shooter? See, I think I think most goalies would be able to stop just straight up shots, wouldn't they? Yeah, probably. Like you have to give them a little bit. You got to try to make them move. You to, yeah, you have to try to deke them. All right. Anyways, I thought that was competition was silly. Yeah. The accuracy shooting, Jacob Slavin won. A, he did. He got five targets in nine point five zero five seconds. This I think will have most of the complaints from this goals competition. Instead of having a net with targets, they had a stupid. TV square thing that looked like a net with fake targets with plexiglass in front or whatever it was. And when the puck hits it, it senses and it shatters the fake target. And apparently the, the plexiglass or the glass got a crack in it too. So it wasn't even oh strong God. enough to withstand the shots. It's like they just had like... It wasn't working for for a couple minutes and then they fixed it. And then there was a shot off to the right that hit the Really edge bad whiff. And it like wasn't close to the target and the target broke. And it's just like, seriously... Like, you created this technology with the intention of the skills competition. If there's problems, and I'm I'm assuming that they've ran into some problems prior to the All-Star game, mm-hmm. how could you go through with it still and put it out there knowing that stuff like this was probably going to happen? It's just a joke. Maybe a they were testing joke. it with just regular people who can't shoot it like that. I, no, I can't imagine that they would test it with just a regular Joe. They'd have someone I don't know. there. Uh, I just, it's just silly. Like bring back actual targets. Like, is it that big of a deal to put targets up there and have them break? Like, come on. We don't need a big TV to shoot at. Like, it's ridiculous. Is it not? Is it not ridiculous that we're sitting there shooting at a TV? We gotta, we gotta advance the technology, man. That's what the angel is saying. Heck no. We'll not get into that. that later. Yeah. I think for this entire podcast, we should have our names hovering above us with arrows pointing at us. <laughs> so as we move it. <laughs> as we move it, just there. <laughs> uh, the fastest shot or hardest shot, Shea Weber, 106.5 miles an hour. Still not to our levels, but pretty good. I like this competition. That's why it's been in the All-Star game since the 80s when freaking Al McCannis was back there shooting. And Al McCannis came out in the ice and took a shot. Did you see that? 100.5, right? 
uh, some 102.5 or something. Uh, I thought it was 100. 100. 100.5. Yeah, he, he he used a wooden stick apparently. Yeah, wooden stick. I don't he freaking smoked it. I don't know if it was actually a wooden stick. Oh. Anyways, he smoked Ooh, it. It was awesome. Conspiracies. Yeah, uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, the shooting stars, which was like the rafter shooting thing. Patrick Kane, 22 points. Uh, just silly. Uh, <laughs> so they made a pack to only shoot the middle ones. He came out and said that after. Yes. He said everyone that was in that all agreed we're only going for the one worth 10 in the middle. That's why they didn't shoot at all the other little ones. There was a whole bunch of other little targets, probably like two points, 15 other, points other ones other than the big one in the middle, and not a single person shot at it. And why would they? It's just a, I thought it was, that was just a really silly competition. But even though I hated it, even though I think the players thought it was silly, even though I don't think the fans were into it really at all, or anyone watching, at least the NHL was trying something new there. I'm okay with them trying a new competition. Like, the, the whole TV thing that what that I just ranted about, mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. Don't do that. Like, that's that's unneeded. But trying new things, I'm okay with that. It's, I'm You know, try the, try the new thing every once in a while. You never know what's going to stick. And it's good to be innovative in that way, mm-hmm. not in the and TV And people way. will say, well, that has nothing to do with hockey, so this is a stupid skill competition. And they're right. But... Most of this doesn't matter. <laughs> like, most <laughs> of it is irrelevant you know, anyway. Like, they're right, and I feel the same way. It has nothing to do with hockey, and like who, no NHL player in a game is ever going to be up in the rafters shooting saucer passes. Yeah, like, but most NHL players also aren't going to play this softly. Exactly. Like, it's, in order to play hockey, you have to put yourself at risk. I think the kids really like that competition mm-hmm. because you see people on YouTube, like the Dude Perfect guys or whatever, doing the trick yeah. shots and stuff, so... I understand. I'm glad they tried it. I don't think they're going to do it again. I just think it's a little bit too silly. But it was it was enjoyable for about three shots, mm-hmm. and then it became a waste of time. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Um, the elite women's three on three event was was pretty great. Canada had won two one over the the USA. This was really the biggest stage that the women's have ever played uh, in front of people, other than the Olympics. So it was really important to have that out there. It was a big initiative by the NHL um, and by like Hockey Canada and Hockey USA to make this happen. It was good hockey. I mean, it's amazing that we don't have a league in place already because we didn't need this to know how good women's hockey is. We've known for We a have while. a league in place. We just don't have we don't necessarily have the league that a lot of people want. AKA the right league. Yeah. So they, there was an interesting conversation between Gary Bettman and Ron McLean. And Ron McLean asked the question, how close are we? Like, what's uh, Cassie Campbell or whoever it was had a c- comments for you last night saying, um, make it happen and all this other stuff. And I can't remember verbatim what was said, but Gary Bettman shied away and he said something along the lines. Did you see this, by the way? No, you told me to look yeah. at it and I couldn't find it. He said something along the lines of, "It. I don't really want to get into the legalities of this. It's It's too complicated. And frankly... It doesn't really have anything to do with this conversation, and it's and and it's a little bit too boring to talk about. And I'm thinking, yo, you just brought out a bunch of women to play against each other for 20 minutes. Yeah, half of this event is about the women, and then but this, you're saying this, that this, this is, is too I, boring to talk about. This is what I told you about before. So on the 31 Thoughts podcast with Elliot Friedman, he talked about it. Yeah. So and. Back, I don't know how many podcasts ago, if we go back, we, we talked about the women's a couple times in a row because Elliot Friedman started talking about it on 
Hockey Night in Canada. And you even said when Elliot Friedman starts to talk yes. about it. Elliot Friedman gotten tons of heat for talking about it. Not from the NHL, but from the Women's Hockey League. Yeah. So on the last episode of 31 Thoughts, they did some uh, like questions and answers. So people on Twitter would ask a question and Jeff Merrick would go and cherry pick through and ask them. And as soon as he asked a question about Women's League, Elliot like laughed. And then he said like, I'm not touching this. Like, way to throw a grenade right in my corner. He said, this is very, very touchy to talk about. He said, I need to be very careful on how I reword what I'm about to say. So I guess there's concerns right now with the current women's league that they feel like they're being bullied into oblivion. Like, basically, they're like, here's the big NHL multi-billion dollar company. And they're we're trying to have our own league, which we have. Yeah. And they're trying to get rid of us because they're not going to create a new league until there is no league. Right. Because if they can't take over the league because there's so many investors that are owed money and they don't want to deal with that. Yeah. So they, they're waiting for the league to fail before they, they start. Right. And so they can't really say that because it doesn't look good if they're saying that. And that league's not wrong. No. But the problem with that league is half of those Half of the potential players in that league don't want to play for that league. They're currently boycotting that league. Exactly. And they're the people who are in this three on three. And they're they're in legality situations because if they continue the boycott, well, they're under contract. And if they don't show up, do the investors sue the players? I don't know. Because a lot of them were from the Canadian Women's Hockey League. And then there's also this National Women's Hockey League. Yeah. And the two leagues didn't get along very well. I guess even just to make this three on three happen was an intense amount of work. So the whole situation is way more complicated than we understand. Like I understand, I didn't get that before until I heard that on the Thirty One Thoughts podcast. So I guess I understand that Bettman is Bettman's a lawyer. He understands that he needs to be careful what he yes. says. So he's he's trying to stay away from it, and that's fine. I wish it, I just wish you had said said that. Like don't say, don't insult us by saying. I think it's this a is a boring, boring conversation. conversation. It's not a boring conversation. That's why he's asking the goddamn question. But like, maybe the boring part is talking about all the. The legality issues and maybe maybe the average viewer doesn't want to listen to that. Well, the average viewer, like they're they're sitting there at an all star game talking about how great the all stars are, and you're gonna get into legality issues. Like I can see from that point of view. Yeah, but when else are we gonna talk about it? Yeah, like maybe boring is the wrong choice of words, but I understand kind of the message behind it. If he had said this isn't the right place to talk about yes. that, we'll discuss in the future. Totally fine with that answer. Yeah, boring don't, is probably don't say boring when everyone wants you to tell us I'm what's going you. on. I'm with you. Boring, wrong choice of words. Um, anyways, it, it was a decent interview by Ron McLean. Mm-hmm. Uh, back on track here. Pacific defeats the Atlantic 5-4 to win the uh, 2020 All-Star Game. <laughs> so just um, after we bash the Pacific, say they're garbage, <laughs> they end up winning. Yeah, I don't really think a meaningful, it A meaningless game. Just like Pasternak being the MVP. Like, who cares if you're the MVP of the All-Star game? That's, yeah. that's irrelevant. I thought that was, I don't know, it's just silly. It's just... Uh, I don't know. It's just silly. But I think the fans really enjoyed it that were there, the kids and stuff. And oh, that, yeah. That's who it's for. It's for the kids. It's for, yep. it's for the not? kids and it's for the investors. And it's for the families of the players, too. Yeah. So, moving on to the 2021 All-Star Game, which will be in Florida, mm-hmm. Miami, or Sunrise, or whatever you want to classify that area as. Okay, I got some questions for you here. Hit me with them. What worked for you? What didn't work for you overall? What'd you like? What'd you didn't like? Uh... Would you say there was more that you liked or more that you didn't like? I would say there was more I didn't like only because I'm I feel like I'm supposed to be over overly critical 
mm. of it because this is we do what we do here on this show or on this podcast. So I think most people know or recognize whether you're the biggest hockey fan or not that the NHL All-Star Game is probably the worst one out of all the four major sports in North America, at least. And you don't just have regular Joes saying that. You have former NHL players saying that. You have uh, former coaches saying this stuff. You have former, or you have current Hall of Famers Mm -hmm. saying that this is a bit bit of a joke. So it's 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 time to, to go back to the drawing board and come up with something completely different. Because this isn't working for so like what would you do like that's that I guess that's the multi million dollar question is what would you do because like baseball has it the best because the game is basically a one on one it's the it's the pitcher and it's the baseball or the hitter and they're gonna try to hit it and they're gonna try to pitch like they're not just lobbing it in I think like hockey you have to be physical to play it at the level it's meant to be played and if you play in physical you're risking injuries and nobody wants to go to an all star game both the players and the owners and the teams yeah. They don't want their players getting hurt in an all-star game. So if you aren't able to... Unless you make unless you make it important and significant to the season. Which I don't know if they'd ever do. But why like, not? Are you talking about like MLB styles where <laughs> you get the home game in the yes. Stanley Cup? Yes. So, you, so would you get rid of the... So how would you do the format? Would you do like... The two divisions play off, and then they they represent the conference if they win, and then the two top divisions of each conference play, and whoever wins gets the gets home ice advantage in the Stanley Cup final. So, would you have to get rid of the three on three format for that? Or no. So you'd keep keep it? three on three. It's the same thing. They just try. You have the skills competition be silly and and joyous and just have fun with it the night before. That's fine. Whatever. Try new things. So have what, fun. See, but what if it's because it's only three on three? What if you have players on teams on the ice that are completely out of it and they could care less whether they work hard because their team's in twenty sixth place? Um, because the following year, if those players are back, some teams will be in different positions, and they'll know that last year when they were there and their team wasn't in the mix. They still had to try for the other player on the ice for their mm-hmm. teammates. So I okay. think devil's advocate. What about the people that say that just makes the regular season mean even less than it already does right now? Uh, I mean, it's what if the only reason to play hard in the regular season is to have home ice advantage? Like, yeah, you'll it get is. it. You'll get it for you know the first couple rounds, but then when the final comes, but it's I mean that's three out of four rounds that you're guaranteed home ice, that's still pretty significant. And I think we see more often that teams win the Stanley Cup on the road yeah, versus home. It does seem Teams like never win on the, on home ice in the Stanley Cup finals. So what's it matter? <laughs> yeah. And if you're going to win the Stanley Cup, you need to be a good road team anyway. Yep. So I think it's the ultimate challenge. <laughs> the ultimate challenge. <laughs> I just think that it needs, it needs something. It needs... What else could you throw at it? Would you want would you want more like hockey like outside of the game? Like they tried to give the players a million dollars to play harder and no. that didn't do it. Players are paid too much money now that to care. It can't be anything to do with money. Uh it was interesting when they did the nationality thing for a while, I think in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um but again, like that's just a bit silly. I'm glad that it's about the team and not about where the player is from because mm-hmm. I don't think it matters where players are from now. There's so many, like you can't say that the best players come from Canada anymore. Look at Finland. Look at Sweden. The United States has an amazing program. Like 
That's why we need to go to the Olympics so then we can know. <laughs> exactly. So I really don't think it's about nationality anymore. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I have to sit down and actually think about it. And I hope that that's what they do is they sit down. They, oh, think they do it. that every year. Hence why we're getting some <laughs> shooting pucks out of the, the, see when I, when I seen that, I was thinking like, let's say that you are, they shot from this end of the ice. Let's say the, the rink is this, this way. Okay. Let's say they're shooting the pucks from the far end and you're sitting nosebleeds on the other side. Okay. So they're just a little blurb in the crowd. Yes. You can't really see them. You can't see the puck because it's in the air. Yeah. So the puck is with the fans. So all you're seeing is either a little sploosh of the net if they actually get it in or it just lands on the yeah. air. Like that doesn't seem to me like you're it'd right. be that exciting of a thing to watch live. Yeah. It's, you know what would be exciting to watch live and it'll never happen? And you're going to laugh when I say this. But I guarantee you it would draw in so many people watching it. Okay? Okay, hit me. Zamboni Destruction Derby. <laughs> Put the captain of each division. What does that have to do with hockey? Doesn't. But what does any of the competitions that we just watched have to do with hockey? Oh, uh, you got a good point there. The captains of every division get in a Zamboni. And they run, ram into each other. Last Zambonis that survives <laughs> wins. <laughs> Obviously, that will never happen. Obviously. And why would it? But What do you think would happen more, robots or that? I don't think you can make a robot. The, the whole Boston University, Boston College, the thing that they made that robot that can run. Up what if on it things? was something on a track and it ran along the track? What do you mean? I don't know. You'd have to like dig up the ice. To like it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be like a robot that skates or moves on its own. It would be a an apparatus that's hooked up to a track that runs towards the net. And how, a stick. how would he deke? It just tra- it just goes like this. There's a yeah, but how, there's tracks in the way. You got a good point there. <laughs> You'd have to put it in the ice. The track would have to be, or it'd have to be like over top, like hanging down. Yeah, you're right. It probably wouldn't work. I don't know. Anyways. We're uh, not paid enough to figure out how to fix the All-Star game. We're just paid enough to know <laughs> that it sucks and it's probably going to keep sucking. Yeah, it probably is. Uh, what do you think about Green Day dropping some F-bombs? Uh, that was all right. I don't, <laughs> yeah, really, I don't really like Green Day. I don't either, but... You got all those kids there. Uh, that surprised me. But number one, who invited Green Day in the first place? Because you should have expected this. When Green Day came to Fredericton, which is where we are right now, he pulled out his junk right in the middle of the thing. His penis? Yeah. No way. Yep. Green Day is banned from coming back to Fredericton. They're not allowed to come here anymore. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> he whipped her right out, the one-eared elephant. <laughs> You're yeah. not allowed to come back here anymore. The old purple-headed yogurt slinger. <laughs> Dang. So anyways, so he probably shouldn't have done that, but whoever invited them should have known that this is probably going to happen. You got a bunch of kids there. Well, I mean, hold on. Hold Gr- on. Green Day, I didn't even know they still existed. Well, well why yeah, are you bringing a- bands that were popular 25 years ago to play in an All-Star game? Like, not that Is there a not St. Louis connection to Green Day? I don't think so. Because I'm sure there's a St. Louis connection to some famous singer out there. Yeah, the blues. You yeah. Gotta, you got to, I guess, have something. Mm. I don't, I don't know. I just I don't like Green Day, so I think I'm, I'm biased in this opinion. I just think I just don't like the music. I think Playing it's garbage. American idiot. It's garbage. <laughs> garbage music. Okay, so let's transition from the All Star Game to technology. Yes, which is very, very much a part of the All Star Game. So we've seen the new player tracking, we've seen the puck tracking, we've seen the digital boards. Um. So Gary Bettman announced on Friday that the player tracking will be in every single playoff arena this. 
playoffs. Mm. So all 16 teams will have it installed. And then next regular season, it's going to be in every arena. Yeah. Now, if you haven't seen this, you need to go online and look it up because... Just go on Twitter. Like, we can it's explain it, but you're not going to know... Yeah, Twitter has, like, crazy examples of too much on the screen. Yeah. So, basically, the the... They're going to attach something to their either their shirt or their shoulder pad. I've, I read on the NHL website they have a sensor in the shoulder pad. I read through another website. It's something in the shirt. So I'm not really sure if it's both or one of the others. There's conflict information. But anyway, there's 200 data points <coughs> being generated by the player. So they're able to get 200 different sets of data from the player. And they're able to get 2,000 from the puck. Dang. So it's kind of intense. That is intense. It's a lot of number crunching going on behind this. And they have like a war room. It's like NASA control room to run this player stats. Um, so in the all-star game, they specifically said they were going to go overboard with it because they just wanted to show what they could do. And they definitely went overboard. It was unbelievable. Like they'd have the names of people over their heads at times when it didn't need to be there. Yeah. And there was a, there was one situation where there was a scramble in front of the net and they had all three players up. And then they had a bar showing how far apart from each other they were. You couldn't see the puck. Yeah. So if they would (laughs) have scored, you wouldn't have seen the goal. I understand it. And I did think that player names were cool. Uh, they're too big, in my opinion. Number mm-hmm. one, but not during play. I don't. I don't need. I don't want to see those those things above players' heads during play. I know who. I know who's on the ice. The average hockey fan knows who which players are which. Mm-hmm. If they're lining up for a faceoff, show them for three seconds. Show who's on the ice for three seconds, then take it away. Yeah, it doesn't need to be on there while play's going on. I hope they don't do that. Also, the whole puck tracking thing that looked like the whole, the fox mm-hmm. whatever that was super annoying i hope they don't use that would I you rather they i know a complaint that you have i know a complaint that your dad has is cameras not filming the right thing at the right time so yes. if a, a face off's going to happen they're showing the goalie drinking his water bottle or they're showing some guy in the bench yeah the puck is dropped and you hear the drop and then it's like Maybe half of a second after the drop, they switch to the yeah. main camera and the play's already in motion. I've I've been watching games where they've missed goals. So, would you rather they get rid of those cameras completely and just have the players getting ready and then the names above their heads? So they're coming in. There's the names. They're coming in as soon as they're ready to line up. The names go away. Pucks dropped. That'd be awesome. Yeah. What's wrong with that? I don't need like yeah. to quote Brent. I don't need to see that goalie sucking on a water bottle. Yeah, exactly. Or a fan eating a hot dog. Or it's like, like, you score a goal, the goalie goes for a skate. Hey, let's go watch that goalie skate to the glass and come back. Yeah. Like, what What are you getting from that? I know. It's all predetermined. Like, there'll be a, there'll be a decision in the boardroom. When this when the goalie covers the puck or whatever, yeah, I want you to follow him or zoom in on him and do follow whatever he does. Meanwhile, there's a fight going on that's not even on screen. Yeah. Because you have this predetermined shot that you wanted to do. Yeah. If, you can, if you can hear the crowd getting excited and you know there's a fight going on, yeah. That's bad producing. Yeah, it it's is. Overproducing. It's lazy. Lazy overproducing. Which is dumb. It takes more effort to overproduce. I know. But you're 100% right. It's ridiculous. It's like, I'm going to do amazing. this. This is my plan. I've already storyboarded what I'm going to do. Yeah. And it's amazing that this has been going on for 10 years. Yes. How? How are these investors and boardroom members and the people who make the decisions and put these people in these roles... Not listen to people on Twitter and Facebook and on the people who have feedback, the actual viewer who are making the complaints like us. How do you listen to that and not make adjustments? It's like more and more cameras all the time and they're and the producer are just like, oh, well, we got to we got to use all these cameras. Yeah. No, you don't. 
Give me the main camera the majority of the time. Don't give me that cable camera. I don't like the puck behind the net. I know a lot of people do. Like the one that's like centered directly above the net. And if some team's like pressuring, it'll like pivot left, right, left, right. I don't like that camera. A lot of people do. Uh, is that the camera they use for power plays sometimes? Maybe. It's like directly on the glass above the net. Yeah. So it's like straight in the middle of the rink behind the net looking down and it just turns left and right. It doesn't go. It doesn't like move left or right, but it pivots left and right. Uh. So like when there's a play going on behind the net, it like literally looks straight uh, okay. down. Okay. I don't like that camera. I'd rather have the broadcast camera personally, but mm. but anyway, no. I think if you're gonna bring in all this graphics and player track, and like at some points they shrunk the size of the screen down. So like say like you're if you're watching this on YouTube, you see all of us right now. It's like let's take this whole corner and shove it up here so you're only seeing sixty percent of the screen as the game. And here's a big graphic coming down the bottom right showing yeah. how many minutes this guy's played. And here's another thing going on the bottom. Yeah, their top speed and all those yeah, other yeah like. I don't care the speed of which a player skates. I don't care. The only time I would care is if you're showing me on a replay. If Connor McDavid blows by a guy sure. and scores a goal in the replay, sure, show me that. Yeah. On also, the third angle from the third different camera. The only stat that I even remotely have an interest in is shot speed. Mm-hmm. And I don't care about shot speed during the play. And you don't want it represented by a red line. I sure as hell don't want it represented <laughs> by any line or any puck tracking graphics or anything i don't care see i said this on our discord last night i think i have the perfect situation when all this information can be used and it doesn't work for traditional td tv market okay this 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 information they can gather would work perfectly in an app so if you have nhl game center live or nhl tv or whatever the frig it's called now on your playstation or xbox or your roku tv or a smart tv it's like an actual app. It's not just a video feed that you're watching, right? So say you can log into this app. It's on your phone. It's on your tablet. It's on whatever. It's just, it's just an app. You can actually pick what you want to see. So you're the producer. Yeah. you. The camera's playing. By default, there's nothing on the screen other than what the traditional TV market sees. Yes. And then you have access to be able to track a player, pick what stats you want to see. Like You can customize it for yourself because it's an app. Yep. So I think that would be a good use. And I think... I think broadcasters will get good use out of the information. I think like, so too. Like they can use that information to talk about the broadcast, but I'm just worried that they're going to go overboard with this. And I think they will be a little bit. Do you want to know? I, I Here's why, why I think they are going to go overboard because the people making those decisions aren't hockey fans. They're, they're investors. They're, right. they're, they're money hungry people. We just spent what they started. I think they started working on this in 2013. I believe they, so they're basically saying we've been working on this for seven years, eight years, six years, however long it's been. I'm pretty sure it's 2013. I know in 2015 it was out yeah. testing it. So I think it was a couple years before that. So you're right. Like they want to like give... We've been working on this forever. We've been pumping this money. Now let's show it off. Yeah. They're trying to give the hockey fans something they don't want and never wanted. Uh, you're not wrong there, I don't think. Anyway. Okay, so. Rant. Let's move on to the next set of technologies we've seen. Digital okay, yeah. boards. When I first saw it, I thought they did a pretty decent job because I, when I watched the play, I didn't notice the boards. But then they started changing the ads. Mid-play. Mid-play and like there would be an NHL shop ad and a bunch of hats and jerseys and everything would come up and it would take up from blue line to blue line and it would like it would be animated as it came in. It's like, okay, that's distracting. Mm-hmm. And then I started to actually look at the boards while players skated in front of it and while they're making line changes and stuff. It's distracting. You know what that is? That's good advertising. 
That's that's forcing your eyes do to you know, look on those boards. Do you want not as good advertising? <laughs> NHLshop.ca is advertising jerseys that you don't have. <laughs> the oh yeah, the jersey that you that you showcase on the boards in the All Star game. If you actually go to the store, you can't buy it. It's not there because you only sell Fanatics. You don't sell Adidas, and nobody wants Fanatics because it's garbage. <laughs> Take that. How do you feel about Fanatics? I hate Fanatics. <laughs> Okay, so here's my complaint with the board. So if you didn't see it, basically it only happens when it's on the broadcast camera. So yes. left and right, if it's the tight shots, it's the regular ad. So I got a question about that. If you paid for an ad that's actually physically on those boards, but 90% of the time that ad is invisible because it's being covered up by one ad. Because when the digital boards are playing, it's one ad repeated around the whole rink. Yeah. So I looked because I'm weird like this. You look at the price. I looked at the ads that were on the boards, actually. Okay. And I said, let me see if there's actually an ad for this company when the digital thing comes up. And there was multiple that never came up. So they paid to have an ad in the corner. Right. Let's say it was waffles, chicken, and eggs or something. Like, that doesn't exist, but that's just to say what they did. They, They said, Neil's Waffles and Chicken, you invested. Yeah, my company. Neil's Waffles, Chicken, and Eggs. Man. You have the corner slot on both ends. All you right. paid, I don't know, 300000 for this one game. Man, I'm Very, rich. Really expensive. All right. Now, the only time people are going to see your ad is if it's an in-corner shot of the guy holding the camera looking through the glass. Because when it's on the broadcast camera, which is the camera most people like, yes, they're digitally enhancing that and only showing specific ads. And there was way more ads that were actually physically on those boards than showed in the digital ones. Yep, I agree. Um, so I, either they have to reduce how much money those physical ads cost, or they're getting mega ripped off. Well, so do when people have those ads, do they pay the arena? I don't know. I assume so. So how does the arena say, don't do that, broadcasters? Don't put the digital ads there. I don't think they have the authority to say that. I don't know. I think it's two completely different things. This is where I wish we were friends with John Shannon. I'd be like, John Shannon, yeah. you need to come on here and explain this. And he's yeah. like, oh, that opened a can of worms. Because I think it does open a can of worms. I Not think that it does most too. people care what investors and marketers think. but Because TSN and Sportsnet and all these people put in those fake boards, the new fake ads on the boards or whatever, the digital ones that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. They don't care about the arena and what's the ads on the boards or the companies that put like mm-hmm. They don't care. Boom, magic, covered up. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they do that? That makes them more money. Because yeah. right now they're not making any money on advertising on the boards because it's the boards are physically there. They don't own the boards. Mm-hmm. They don't own the arena. So I understand it, but it's still crap. And that's why they started putting the fake ads on the glass. It must be... I think the teams must get a chunk of it, though. I can't imagine it just goes to the arena. And like a lot of, a lot of teams have contracts with their arena but they don't own their arenas they're leasing a spot like a lot of them are yeah i don't but i'm i don't know i think you're advertising for the arena for that team so i imagine the team gets the majority chunk of that money i would have to think because they're renting the arena they're not renting the boards the boards are they would get some of the money because if the team wasn't there the ads wouldn't be on the boards yeah, because like, no one would i would have arena. to think the team gets the majority of the money okay like over half but like i said for a small company they can advertise. Like, we talked about this on a podcast a long time ago. Yes. Like, in did. Ottawa, I think a guy wrote in and told he us. Did. He did. He owned a company in Ottawa, and he paid for the ads, the fake ads on the glass because they were cheaper. Yeah, to show for one period. I for, yeah, was, for right? one period cheaper than to show a physical ad on the boards in Ottawa. Yeah. 
And I have a feeling that the digital ads are probably going to be more expensive because it's going to flop. It's one ad for the whole thing. And to get to your point where it's distractive or distracting, that's awesome for people in marketing because, hey, we're, we're forcing them to look at that. Yeah. But it's it's terrible for the game. It is terrible. Like there was a tire ad that kept coming up. The tires come up from the bottom and the text comes down from the top. You can't not look at that. Yeah, because I know. The, the players are skating in middle and all of a sudden you got a big going on yeah. in the back. It's like, whoa. Yeah. I will say this, though. One thing I did like is when the, when the players scored a goal, the digital ads or the boards turned like black with like fire and yeah. stuff. I thought that was actually pretty cool. It's cool. But when a, when they for at least for what I seen, when the majority of the goals went in, they cut to a side they camera did. immediately and then you don't even get to see the I goal know, celebration. Exactly. <laughs> it's frustrating. So, I don't know. It's it, interesting. It It's not a bad idea. It's just too don't, digital. Don't... If it's... If you're going to put ads there, make them static. Yes. And don't change them while the play yeah, is Yeah, don't change them while the play is Now, going. obviously that makes it harder from... From the whoever's selling the ads, like I don't know who gets the digital ads. Is it the broadcast companies? Like the yeah. team, the team obviously gets a chunk of it. The broadcasting, like I don't know how you guarantee time because, like you know, based on the current system, you could say, "Hey, we're going to show your ad every X amount of seconds." Like we'll show it for ten seconds, then switch to the next one. Yes, and you're one of, I don't know, fifteen people that we might cycle through during the game. Mm-hmm. So you're guaranteed to get a certain amount of time because. Right. They're cycling through on a set interval. Exactly. If they can't change it while play is ongoing, you know, one could be up on a three minute stretch. Yeah. And then, you know, you start going through them real quickly on, you know, 40 second stretches. Yeah. I did. So I guess that's something for them it's to It's going to be tricky. Also, when players open the boards and like the, open the, the door to the bench, the ad doesn't stick with the door. <laughs> yeah, they, it, they go through it. They just go through it and it just, it looks awkward. It's now here's my question to you. Would you stop watching hockey if they kept the ads? No. So to their advantage, it's their advantage to keep it how it is because that draws your eyes. Yeah, people don't like it, but they're still going to watch. Yeah, they're still going to watch. Yeah. Do you? I got a question that to ask about your dad. Yep. Do you think your dad would be like, "I don't like that ad. That's that's intruding on my hockey experience. I'm not going to buy that product." Oh, 100 (laughs) percent, absolutely. There, there would be. Brent would have a whole list of boycotted companies. Anyone, anyone who advertises an animated ad during play goes on the list. He does it now for for companies who advertise in the glass. Really? (laughs) That's awesome. I think he does. So yeah, I I I can see him doing that. I can see other people doing that, including myself possibly, like NHLShop.ca, who doesn't carry Adidas jerseys. Okay, continue. (laughs) I just. I think this is. I think we're in for a losing situation here. I really do. I think it's gonna. I don't think it matters anything that we say because we are peons. Yes, we are insignificant. But even if we stop watching, it doesn't matter. It does not. But I think we're still going to keep watching. We have to because it's their only choice. Yeah. Because they have a monopoly. Yeah. So this is a this is a no lose situation for them. They're gonna guarantee they draw eyes because it's animated. It's right in the middle of the screen. Yeah. People are not gonna like it. But they're still going to watch. So even if you're getting some bad press, doesn't matter because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is ratings. Yep. Ratings and ticket sales. And I don't think they'll... It's not significant enough to make someone not watch hockey. Yeah. And until that happens... I find that the the usage of the names over the heads is more distracting if it's overdone than the boards. I agree. They they need to be very careful with how much they use that. And we're going to see in the playoffs. 
I just don't ruin the game of hockey mm-hmm. for technology. Yeah. Like this isn't a movie. Just let us watch the game. We don't need all this bull crap. Just let us watch the game that we love. Don't ruin it for us. And they're, they are starting to ruin it for us. Mm-hmm. It needs to stop. I know it's 2020. I know technology's everything right now. We need to take a step back. And we talked about a while ago. I don't even know if your dad was here for this one. This was a long time ago. We said, like, if you could buy a package that's just the broadcast camera with no announcers, yeah. that'd be pro. Like, you see everything that's going on. Like, you see the changes. Like, you can see the whole ice. Like, Yeah. And a sport that does well with technology is football. Mm-hmm. Football does an amazing job. And maybe they went through the growing pains uh, that the NHL is going through right now. And maybe the NHL will learn from that and figure it out and dial it back a little Man, bit. But I was watching something. I think it might have been a topic that was coming up that we'll talk about. TSN has a little <coughs> mini series, a two part mini series out, and on one of the on the second part they start talking. We'll get into this in a bit. They start talking about the video review and the video assisted review, like soccer has. Yeah. So football has this thing now, where they'll they'll have the camera like in like way up high and they're looking down and they'll be showing a replay. And it's like let's go in on that player. So the camera zooms in on the quarterback, and all of a sudden you're in a Google Street View of what that player sees, and oh, you're yes, looking around I've like this. That. That's crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> it is crazy for sure. All right, so let's talk about referees a little bit. All right. Um, I'm going to need help with a pronunciation of this word right here, because <laughs> there's no way I'm going to say that. Great. Oh. No. So <laughs> Dan sent an email to you. That you forwarded to me because I guess it was sent to me, but it was just to your email or to the post post email. Yeah. So I'm going to read the email. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. No, please do. Said, so Dan sent this. I think Dan's from Sweden, right? Yes. Okay. So Dan sent this and he said, hello, Jason. I hope you have a great day. I have a topic that maybe can be great for the podcast this season in hockey. Hockey. <laughs> Sweden's second tier league. So, yeah, this is Sweden's <laughs> second tier league. The referees have a segment called the judges comments. So after the game, they leave the ice, and one of the two main referees does a simple interview with an official from the league. Uh, this has been put in place to give a more transparent view on why the referees see things and make the calls they do. And then 15 minutes after the game ends, the video is published on the league's website for everybody to see. And then he asks, is this something for the NHL to look into and maybe take after? So he sent a link in with the email that showed comments for a game and there was actually so he said scroll down and look for this because it was all in sweden so i or swedish i couldn't understand it yeah but he was right you click on it and there's a referee sitting there talking to a guy for like a minute and a half and that's all it is and then the referee goes back into his hut his hut yeah i like this idea i do too i think it'd be really important uh for the hockey fan to have that connection to a referee and to have an explanation or even just a a, a vicarious relationship with with some of the referees because right now we know name three referees in the nhl you couldn't exactly and that's like i could name i could probably name three dan dan o'halloran west mccauley those are the only two i can think of okay i, I can't I, 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 I i'm not at i'm not at three i can name two so oh there's yeah Carrie Frazier Carrie if he's retired that doesn't <laughs> yeah. um so I I I really like this idea but I don't see the NHL ever doing it because they protect the referees more mm-hmm. than anything else okay now we've been hating on the referees quite a bit <coughs> everybody's been hating on the referees quite a bit actually yes so I'm gonna get into this little TSN blurb 
So TSN on YouTube has a little mini series out called Ref You Suck. I highly recommend you watch it. It's two videos, part one, part two, and they're both like 10 minutes long. So it's 20 minutes to watch this little mini series. And it basically, it gives a little behind the scenes information about refing. So okay. it's, it's more than we've seen. It's not just hockey, it's football, soccer. They cover like referees in general. So I want to read you the opening remarks the narrator makes in the first episode. Okay. So there's there's multiple scenes going on of refs doing their things. Uh, players screaming like verbal stuff you can't yeah. say on this podcast right. at them. Fans <clears throat> cheering. So it's basically just referees taking it from everybody while this narrator says these comments. All right. So I want, I'll, I'm going to read this to you and you give me your comments on this opening remark. So he says, referee, why would any sane person want that job? Striped villains stuck in an impossible position between two opposing interests. Every year, the microscope magnifies and the scrutiny escalates. It's a realm where perfection is demanded and abuse is a constant threat. That's true. That is accurate. It is very accurate. And I do feel bad, but I don't at the same time because I think they get a lot of unjust hate. But there's times like in last like last year in the playoffs and other years where there's an egregious decision made by a referee that should not happen. Mm-hmm. And it just ends in controversy because they made this decision that they never should have. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, although I do feel bad, I don't at the same time because I'm not, not saying all referees, but mm-hmm. some make decisions that they shouldn't. Yes. And 99% get, of the time they get it right. 99% of the time they get it right. It's the 1% when they get it wrong, which is the problem. Mm-hmm. And if they had taken their um, egos and put them in their pocket for some of these calls, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about this probably. So are you talking about calls that they looked at and still stuck with yes. their gut? Yes. Yeah, so video assist, video review. They don't want to be wrong. Yes. So, I'm with you on that. Okay. So I think part of the problem overall is there's just way more cameras, way more angles, way more high definition than there used to be. So you're seeing the person at home is seeing more than they did before. Absolutely. So you can't necessarily say it's worse now than it has been. It's just you couldn't see what you could see. You had you had to trust the referees. Yes. yes. In the past. That's right. You don't have to now. Right. So my question is, um, I don't know where I put. Okay, I'm going to read my last point here. So with how much money is on the line? Yeah. Today versus 20 years ago. You mean, what do you mean by money? Like from- I'm talking about money in general. You're paying players multi-million dollars, ticket sales. Like if a team, for example, Vegas, they get screwed on that call. They didn't move on. Right. How much do you think that cost Vegas organization to not move on? Well, how the players get a bonus every round that they progress. And ticket sales. They were guaranteed and at least sales. two more home games right. at multi-million dollars per game. It's millions of dollars. So that one referee's decision yes. was a multi-million dollar call. Yeah. Do you think that's too much responsibility to not have something else in place that either backs up the referee or a better tool what's to help him? The, what's the better tool? Because something, some of, that, something that doesn't exist right now. Because, well, some of these decisions are made based on ego, based on an emotional Yes, do you think that should reaction? be... I don't know how I word this. I said, would you be... Okay, this is my third point. I said, would you be in favor of a computer system that auto, automates events if it could be proven that the technology was reliable? So, like if a puck crossed a line... So, right now, this is a hockey podcast, but getting into baseball... Next year in baseball, in the minor leagues, and I think they're going to do it in, in preseason things... 
they have a technology right now that they're testing where as soon as that pitch crosses the plate, the referee has a thing in his ear and a computer says, strike, ball, strike. The referee, the umpire, doesn't make the call. He repeats what the computer says and then does the sign for it. So but we're, we're talking about as if the, the view, I don't know if you've ever watched baseball before, but you get the view from behind the pitcher looking towards the plate and you get the digital box. And every time that the ball goes through it, you can see what's a strike or not as a viewer. You mm-hmm. know instantly, you know before the ump. Mm-hmm. That decision or that view is put into words and then sent to yeah, the as soon, as soon ear. as Basically, as soon as that catcher catches the ball, so it's like, boom, catch, so, strike. Boom, catch, ball. That's how fast it is. And it's real time. They showed an example of it. I, I'm okay with that in baseball. That makes sense. Yeah, so... I don't know how that works when, in hockey, though. When people have... So, so say a play's offside. Offside. Blown down. But how do they know offside? Because we have situations now where is the skate raised? Is it not? Is it... They use this player tra- tracking, and they have some sort of technology. Like I said, if the technology... Like, I'm not talking about right now. I'm saying if there was technology, and it could be proven reliable... Okay, so... Would the, you be in favor of that? The call on the ice is offside... There's uh, no call. It's just okay. There's some, as soon as that offside happens, something in the ref's ear says offside. He blows it down. That's interesting. Uh, so there's no if it's close and he doesn't know and he lets it go, it's instant in his ear. Offside, he blows it down. I says, would want says the computer system said it was offside. I want a detailed explanation of the technology and example of it being. That's what I mean. Though this is this is assuming that assuming it's, it's reliable. Assuming it's reliable. So no I'm video review. There's no review. The computer knows, and the computer like there's there's no slow in play. It's just that puck went in. That puck was played with a high stick. Examples like that. I would say yes until someone hacks the system or does something <laughs> to where it affects a major play. Yeah, and then we're back. We're we're we're, we're 15 years from now, and we're, then something happens, and we're going back 15 years and making decisions that we haven't had to make for 15 years. Because but in but in general, like would you be favor of a computer making the right call immediately, like no video resist required, or would you still rather it be organic and in the hands of the referees? I feel like it should still be organic and in the hands yes, of the referees. I think most people will. I think that they just need to be reprimanded or have better referees in place that aren't going to get emotional and aren't going to have egos and stuff like. There's nothing wrong with being wrong. And I think we talked about that last podcast, I think. Like what? It's okay to be wrong. Like it's t- it's totally okay to be like, wrong. I don't like yeah, perfection is demanded. Like people are going to be mad if you make the wrong call, but if you have video assist there to back you up or video review, I don't know why I keep calling video assist. If that shows you that the call was right, make the right call. Yeah, like make it's there or, it's or there for or keep developing this player tracking and the sensors. So that even if you can't see the play, like like you don't like even with the million cameras they have, you still right. necessarily can't see everything. If the data is in the puck or in the skate or wherever it is that shows yeah. you, and you know, you can't blame a ref for getting a call wrong if even all the twenty one cameras looking at that play, it's obstructed. Yes, I agree. So if if he has other information through the player tracking and the puck tracking that says, hey, this actually happened. Yes, I'm totally fine with that. It's the situations that bother me is when he makes a call on the ice, it's the wrong call. He goes to look at the the, the video, which proves that it was a wrong call. And he, eats and he still says that the cameras are wrong, whatever, and that he made the right decision on the ice because of his ego. That's why when we talked about this before, so we have a third ref in between the benches or whatever, an actual NHL referee who's mm-hmm. just not on skates that night, mm-hmm. making the third party decision for the big decisions because he's not on the ice making decisions. He doesn't care what the other refs 
made on the ice. It's not affecting him any. He's not he's not invested in that decision. He's off the ice. He makes that third referee makes the the major decision on the major plays that need reviewing. So each each NHL game has a I don't know what it's called. It's like they're like the people who lead the refs. They're in charge of yes evaluating the performance of the refs for that game. So every game there's a guy that's assigned to the refs, and he after the game they go over what they did well, what they didn't do well, right. and they talk about certain things. What if his job? was to make those controversial calls is because if you have a guy if you have a guy that after the game is able to tell the refs what they did wrong and what they did right why can't he be the one who says no this is the right call this is the is is he is he an employee of the nhl or the refing association i don't know i am i don't know i'm assuming he's an employee of the nhl but i don't know i i'm assuming he's an employee of the nhl i would but he, ha- he I don't has think to know, they a, know he has to know a significant amount to be able to like if you have NHL refs say this is like the Western Conference playoffs so you have basically four sets of refs left one for the east one for the west and you, these are the, what you've determined to be the four best based on their performance yep so if you have a guy that goes into the their little ref room after the games and says this is what you did well this is like obviously that guy has some decent authority cuz he's he's talking about what the four best refs did good and didn't didn't do right right nice english there (laughs) so why can't if he 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 obviously has to know a lot to be able to do that right he should know as much or more he should know more and he has the advantage of being able to see big picture whereas they have exactly a linear vision right yes so why can't he part of his job he's already there you don't need another employee he's already there that's true he's watching the refs he's evaluating them if he sees them make a wrong call why can't he be the one to say if this is the right call instead of doing it after in the room and saying you didn't get that call right. Probably because he's an employee of the NHL and the referees are going to, if that was the situation, they'd say, what's the point of, of having us here? If the NHL wants to, to make the rules and, and make decisions and because you still got to have the refs on the ice. They're, yeah. o- they're only stepping in when they're clearly. But wrong. I don't think the referee association would be okay with that. I think they should be okay with that. I think they should be okay with it. They're going to get way more abuse for making an egregious call and living with yes. it than they are if they're going to. Someone's going to overturn. Totally. Like, if if Dan O'Halloran makes a bad call, and then the third guy comes in or the the manager of that game, I don't know what his title is. If he comes in and overturns it, three days later, it's not a story anymore. 10 minutes later it should be <laughs> like, a story like, like the Vegas event and, is still a story and that's why he didn't referee in the following series that's right and that's why whoever else there was another so referee so the meeting too. after the game it was determined that the wrong call was made yes by that guy yep why can't that guy he's already there he's already being paid give him a little bit more money on his salary okay now you're actually there to make intervening calls I agree in real time nothing's been done since that event am i right or am i wrong could that happen again this year it could exactly and that's i know the i know they had talks about things like that but yeah that's all it it's, is they have it's, talks. it's gray area subjective right and i know a lot of the stuff has to be decided in the oh, the owners meetings and stuff that they have in florida and all those other places and stuff they have to need to vote and whatnot but but i don't know if, if refereeing re- refereeing refing changes need to well, it's a rule change. Yeah, but you can have rule changes. It's like it's not a rule change, though. It's just a. I don't see. That's a good question, actually. 
It's not a rule change, but it is at the same time. It's, a, it's an evaluation to, change. It's a. It is, but I can't imagine too many owners being like, "Hey, we got a third guy who can make the call. It doesn't need video review." I think that I think most owners are going to want the right call. I think most owners are old school and they don't like change. Thanks. So? Well, that's definitely true. So all this new fancy stuff, they're like, "I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I like it the way it is." But this all is this new, but all this new fancy stuff's coming in. They're old. They're old school. They don't care. Yeah. They they are traditionalists. They 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 love hockey and mistakes will happen. They're okay with the mistakes. Mistakes have happened in hockey for over a hundred years. Mm-hmm. And that's just part of the game. Yep. So they don't like this all this new fancy stuff. They don't care any what new suggestions you have, they don't care. And that leads us to not making changes when changes should probably happen. I think I think having that guy that's in charge of those refs be able to make a play overturn a play or overturn a call in real time is the easiest and most effective change they can make. He's already there. He's already being paid. He's already evaluating the performance of the refs. He's already going to tell them they were wrong when they go back and have their meeting. So why not do that in real time? It's barely a change to make him allow him to make that decision. Exactly. It doesn't need video review. It doesn't slow the play down other than yes, the, the arena horn goes and then the refs look over and hey, a change is being made. Yeah. The, that person, guy or girl, is at every single game anyway. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. So anyway, if you if you're on YouTube and watching this, if you're on a podcast on YouTube later, go check out that TSN two part mini series. It's pretty good. I haven't seen it, so I'm going to do the same. Part one is mainly talking about abusive officials, and part two is talking about kind of video assists and replays and stuff like that. And um, they do talk about how there's a lot of people stepping away as referees right now because of the use it's like one of the things they talk about it which is really good is they say the abuse in the major leagues is whatever like players yelling at them coaches yelling at them like in baseball you gotta uh, you have your manager come out just like screaming like crazy (laughs) right in front of the but in in the minor leagues it's way worse like there's videos of them getting beat up like slashing their tires like it's way worse so they're they're saying a lot of people are getting out of it because there's just too much abuse which is eventually going to affect the it performance is. of the top because there's not as many in it anymore. Yep. So they're true. saying that basically there could be a refing problem coming on. So anyway, check that video out. It's pretty cool. Or the two videos. And I think we can leave the refs alone yeah. for that. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll let it fly. Um, let's move on to gritty. <coughs> yeah. Gritty. Gritty's in trouble. Gritty. Gritty is in trouble. <laughs> and it's not gritty. It's the guy who was playing gritty at the time. Yeah. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, gritty. There's not going to be no more gritty anymore. Yes. Gritty's not going anywhere. It's the guy who was playing gritty. Yeah. Gritty's was, not an actual thing. Yeah. And it's, it was an alleged situation and mm. I'll get your opinion on it after. So he's under an investigation for allegedly physically assaulting a 13 year old boy, uh, during a photo shoot in their arena. Okay. Um, so Chris Greenwell, who is the boy's father, he's a season ticket holder. He wrote on Facebook that his son was punched and injured by gritty and that the organization, quote, tried to bribe me to not speak about it, end quote. He later said in an interview with Philadelphia Inquirer that he took a running start and punched my son as hard as he could. <laughs> so when I first heard this, and I have been watching a lot of Overdrive lately on TSN because I, I, for some reason I love those guys now. And Jamie McLennan's first comment was like, this is a cash grab. Like, this guy is just trying to sue. Oh, my God. Sue it's for money. so obvious. So anyway, we'll get back to that. Um, the police department is now investigating... Um, the Flyers said they investigated and they couldn't find anything that happened. They said there's no video of the event. And I mean, okay, this is an alleged incident. So it's not really fair for us to make nope, judgments. You're right. It. And 
What's weird to me is this guy's a season ticket holder. Yes. So if you're going to try to, like, screw the system or... He has that in his advantage. Like, and that's what they were talking about up here in Canada is, like, a lot of times in the States, people will try to sue over anything just to oh, get yeah. money. Like That's how it works in the States. I bought a coffee and I burned myself. I'm going to sue you. Well, the people, the Captain Crunch, you know that story, right? No. So uh, some lady, I think it was a lady, she cut the roof of her mouth on Captain Crunch or whatever. Because I know, like, have you eaten Captain Crunch before? Yep. Have you cut the roof of your mouth? Yep. Yeah. Well, she sued and she won. How much did you win? Millions of dollars. <laughs> what? Millions of dollars. No way. Yes. It's ridiculous. So, anyway. So, like I said, it's not fair for us to make a judgment on this. And the thing that throws it off is because he's a season ticket. If it's just a regular guy, like, sure, I could see it. The fact that this guy's a season ticket holder is like, it unfortunately okay, like, gives why him would some you, validity. Yeah, like, why would a season ticket holder... But if you're in a line to go to a photo op with Gritty, like, there's a, like you're waiting like 30 minutes to go get this photo taken with Gritty. Yeah. How does no one else have a photo or a video or at least a witness to the event? Yeah, saying, oh, yeah, this actually did happen. This like, guy's there's right. There's no way this was an off, like we're in a back corner by ourselves, no one else around. Yeah. A, a photo shoot? You think they're the only people there during a photo shoot? <laughs> like, Not a chance. Yeah, saying that's what... Jamie McLennan was saying like this is like he's and then he said after he's like I shouldn't really speculate when when I don't know anything but um, with all the cameras nowadays there'd be a security camera like, somewhere that's what I'm saying so just publish it and maybe they can't because of legality reasons yet and, stuff, and if it but, did happen let's say hypothetically it did happen okay hypothetically he said his, his son gave Gritty a tap a, a, a light tap on the head and then Gritty punched him after so if that <laughs> did happen is a 13-year-old kid. What do 13-year-old kids do? They freaking punch mascots because that's what you do when you're a kid. You yep. punch him, you kick him. If he hit Gritty... He probably punched him. He probably punched him. And then if that happens, then maybe the guy didn't like that and he went and hit the kid back. Maybe. I don't know. Survival of the fittest. Like, I don't know. It's either one or the other. If you punch a mascot in the I head... I don't... You deserve to get punched by a mascot. I can't imagine that the guy that's under the Gritty costume... Would just go punch a kid for no reason. It doesn't make sense. Why would you do I that? can't imagine why you do it, period. Yeah. Especially when you're playing that character who's that, like, in <laughs> yeah. the spotlight right now. I know. <laughs> so, I mean, if he did, obviously something happened to trigger it. Doesn't mean he's right. Like, if he did it, he shouldn't have done it. Mm. But without seeing any evidence, I'm kind of finding this story hard to believe, other than the fact that this guy's a season ticket holder. Also, it's almost February. If this happened in November... He's saying what? that the reason why he's bringing it to light now is because nothing's been done about it, so he's gone to, to file a police uh, okay. incident. Well, I don't know. I want to see video. There's no video. There's no witnesses. Well, there's no photos. Then, But then, it's a photo op, like a lineup to go, like... Someone's got... And like, he said he took his son to a chiropractor, and he's got bruises on his back. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Philadelphia looked into it. He alleges they tried know. to bribe him. Season ticket holder saying that the team... How? Okay. Show us this phone conversation if you recorded it. Yeah, like who... Show who, us the text. Like who did you have the conversation with? What was the guy's yeah. name? What was their position? Yeah. Like tell us. Don't just come and spew your crap to a, a magazine. Like give us facts. Show us stuff. Don't like... Well, I mean, all the police would have all that now. Well, if he's going to come go to a newspaper... He should give it to them. Yeah. He can't just come and spew this this crap and just blanket shame, blanket blame someone. Give us the facts. Show us what you have for evidence. If you have if your son has bruises and you got pictures of them, post them. Yeah. Let's see the bruises. Like 
I don't know. Frustrating. Like maybe maybe the kid got in a fight at school and got bruised up and now he's blaming Gritty and trying to get money. Like I, it doesn't yeah. make sense. It's it's a weird the situation. The fact that he's a season ticket holder, you're right, gives some validity to or at least you would think it would. You you'd think so. But the whole situation doesn't make sense other than the fact that he's a season ticket holder. It like, sounds like a cash grab to me. At the end of the day, it shouldn't matter if he's a season ticket holder. Like But the fact that he is means he's someone who has a, a, a lot of money, or at least a decent amount of money, and B, he's someone that's like regularly continuing to pay thousands of dollars every year to keep going back to that arena. Yeah. And now he's saying that that team did something to harm his son. I, Even if it happened... If it was a regular Joe Schblow, you would just think, hey, cash grab. But with this, the... I don't know, to me, so what's anyway... The team, wait, hold on. What's the team do? What does he want the team to do? He wants money. He wants money. He wants money to pay for the expenses it costs for his son to... Go to the chiropractor, get healed, and damages to mental, I'm assuming. That's where all the big money's come is... In, is Okay. So it, The he, Flyers go to the go to the chiropractor, pay the, pay the guy's bill. Don't give him any money directly. No, he wants the money for emotional damages. That's what they all want down in the States. Well, he can... So, when I say it's a cash grab, he is actually looking for money. No, he doesn't get no money. If he wants something... He can lick my bag. <laughs> you don't have any evidence. I don't care. You want money for emotionally damaging. Well, Give your head a shake. I don't know if he does, but I'm assuming he does. He did say he wanted money to pay for the bills and... Okay, I'm fine with that. You pay the... Philadelphia Flyers pay the bills. I don't care if he's lying or not. Just pay the bills. You're, you're a billion dollar organization. Like it's a 13-year-old kid, so you can't say like... Like down in the States, they go for lost wages and emotional damage. That's emotional the two big things damage. they go for. You know it's right though, right? They want the money that they had to endure this traumatic experience, and they want money for, hey, I wasn't able to work for two years, so I lost two years of wages. So you owe me oh for both of those. Oh, my God. So this is a 13-year-old kid. He's not losing any wages because he doesn't work. So all he's got is his emotional damages. <laughs> <laughs> what a ridiculous situation. Why are we talking about this? Why, not why are we talking about this. Because why everybody's are we in a world, talking about it. Why are we in a world where a man is trying to sue a mascot? Or an organization that has a mascot. Now, this hap- is ridiculous. What happens if it comes out and the, the, this dude is totally right? <laughs> this guy that plays the mascot is just a crazy man and he actually did hit him. I don't even care if he's right. The fact that he wants money for emotional damages. Like, grow up. But I don't know if he does. I'm just assuming he does. He did say he wanted money. He wanted money to pay for the bills and I'm assuming he wants... I'm okay with the bills being paid. That's reasonable. There's no way he's just going after a, Wanting- a $2,000 chiropractor bill. Why not? Because he's just not. He's not making a big fuss out of this. He should be reasonable. Way. You want mil- hundreds of thousands or millions of I don't dollars know how for much emotional support? For. Give your head a shake. Grow up, you pansy. He's <laughs> <laughs> the gritty guy. I hate get you hated. I hate the whole suing some like. Oh, it's for bad. Money. It's down in the states. It's so bad. It doesn't really happen much up here. It's but, disgusting. Oh, it's bad down there. At least it was. I don't know if it's as bad. Like people were faking accidents. To try to get money and then splitting the money with the person they were in on it with. I know. <laughs> like, fraud. Like, it's it's so aggravating that this is the world that we live in. <sighs> and it's like all the all the, the companies advertising, they got to have fine print over, like, do not put this bag on your head. It could kill you and it could suffocate you. And yeah. someone may try to do that and get money out of it. Like, mm. I would argue that it, gritty in general could be emotionally damaging because <laughs> he's gritty. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. But. Right. Okay, uh, let's move on. It's enough of Gritty. 
So let's talk about the... This is something that a lot of people may not know about. So Tyne Valley, Prince Edward Island is a very small little community up in the northwestern part of PEI. I am extremely familiar with Tyne Valley. Are you? I dated a girl for three years in Tyne Valley. Oh, wow. I know that place very so, well. Are you familiar with this arena? The Tyne I Valley? Have, I've Tyne. been in that arena many times. Okay, so this arena last month went up in flames. It burnt and it was a total loss. Yes. They can't salvage anything from it. So Hockey Night in Canada gave a shout out to the situation. Um, there's a GoFundMe started up to help them rebuild. Um, they're currently going through an insurance claim. They don't know how much money they're going to get for it. So right now, the people in that small community are trying to be nominated for Craft Hockeyville. Yes. So for the people that are interested in helping them out that may be watching or listening to this, um, you can go on the Craft Hockeyville website. Uh, nominations close on February 9th, so you have to do it before February 9th. And they think that they have a pretty good story to tell if they do get in. They have a really good They're story. probably right. Um, apparently that arena means a lot to that community. It does. Um, so, um, they, when they talked about, and I talked about this, I'm going to mention this cause I talked to you about this before we started. So okay. Ellie Freeman brought it up on Hockey Night Canada. The reason that this was brought up was because my boy Gerard Gallant <laughs> called Ellie Freeman and said, Hey, is there anything you can do to bring attention to the situation? Why did he call Elliot Friedman? <laughs> cause Elliot Friedman is the man. Exactly. Okay, so, so he, he see, Elliot Friedman said, Gerard Gallant has only called me two times. He said, one was the time where he got fired in Florida. He said, that situation has been completely overblown. He said, I called my own cab after I was fired. And then it got reported that he had to take a cab. And he said that the poor guy that's in charge of our travel is getting absolutely hammered in the media. I'm scared he's going to get fired. Can you at least write a story that says, that clears it up and explains? <clears throat> and Elliot thought that was a good idea. And he did it. Right. I remember Sec- that. Second time was just recently. He said that arena has gone down and Jargon Lance, PEI guy. He said, is there anything you guys can do to bring, you know, national attention to it? And mm-hmm. he did. So he said, you know, yeah, Jargon Lance called me. And those are the only two times he's ever called him. He said, yeah, he called me and he wanted me to do things in the media. But those were both for very good causes. Absolutely. And he said that just speaks to Jargon Lance. Integrity character. and character. Yeah. He said he didn't call me to get his name out. Yeah. Looking for a job. It has nothing to do with Drag Berlin. It was just, hey, this guy's taking a lot of heat in Florida, and this arena burnt down, and these guys are at a loss. Can you bring some attention? So yeah. that's pro for Drag Berlin. That is pro. Um, so yesterday it was announced that some former NHL players, including Ray Bork, are going to have a um, celebrity hockey game in Summerside, I believe. Okay, cool. Um, and they're going to sk- skate with the Charlottetown Islanders. Yeah. Is that a team? Yeah. They play in the QM, QMJHL. Okay, so um, if you are in the PEI area, this is going to happen on February 9th as well. Um, tickets are 15 bucks for an adult and 10 bucks for a kid, and every single cent of that goes to helping the arena be rebuilt. Do you know what date that is? February 9th. Yeah, but I mean like what day? Sorry. Like a Monday or a Tuesday? Yeah. I'm assuming... I can look right now. Carry the story while I'm looking this up. Um, <laughs> as most of you know, uh, I lived in Prince Edward Island for probably the majority of my adult life. And uh, so PEI is pretty, pretty close to home for me, if not home in general. I, I actually, I see Prince Edward Island as my home more than Fredericton, as weird as that is. No (laughs) week. February 9th is a Sunday, by the way. Is a Sunday. Um, So this story actually means quite a bit to me. And like I said, I'm familiar with Tyne Valley. There's a big, Oyster, um, uh, the Tyne Valley Oyster Festival that happens every single summer. 
and it's a concert, but there's, there, there's a ton of events, there's parades and all the stuff. But one of the things is like an oyster shocking com- uh, competition okay, yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. It happens in the arena and there's, there's a whole event that happens in the arena where you go around, there's like, like not a market, but there's things you can try. Like there's, there was a hot sauce section oh. there and we could try all like the different hot sauces and stuff. And, uh, I, I, it's, it's, it's a small place. It's unbelievable. The amount of community things that happen in that arena. Mm-hmm. It's not just an arena that sits empty in the summer wall because there's no hockey going on. It's always used. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, not like it's, it's very important to that, mm-hmm. to that town. So, so it's a big loss. It's a huge, huge loss, not just for the young kids to playing hockey, but for the community in general, it would be a significant win. Um, and a dream come true to get that arena rebuilt thanks to Hockeyville. Yeah, uh, so and the the people who win Hockeyville get 250000 which is clearly not enough no. to build an arena. But with, you know, there's fundraising going on. There's, yep. there's um, I think um, I think I read Molson is going to donate $1 from every case of beer they sell up to $20,000. Good, that's awesome. Um, there's another company, oh, Mitsubishi, Charlottetown Mitsubishi, for every test drive that happens, they're going to donate $20 to the arena. Hmm. Which Good is on them. Cool. Um, so if they want Hockeyville, if they get their insurance claim, if you know, obviously there have to be more money raised and you know some maybe federal funding or I f- government funding. I feel bad though, because O'Leary just won Hockeyville two years ago. So it couldn't hurt their chances. If- O'Leary and Tyne Valley are like, yeah, fifteen minutes apart. Oh like really? It's, yeah. It. I feel bad. It's not that they don't, they don't deserve it. They probably deserve it more than anyone else in the country, but I feel bad for the rest of the country that probably has really good stories too. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate that, you know, Hockeyville is likely going to go back to to Tyne Valley or to, to PEI when it was just in Renews this last year. And the year before that, mm-hmm. it was in PEI. So yeah. The rest of the country has kind of suffered while Atlanta. So it could Canada's hurt their chances. Just it. it could hurt their chances based on that. But their story is legitimate. It's you know how I'm going to think of it. I'm going to think of it as a lottery winner. Ontario, Quebec, they always win. It's true. It's just a thing. Atlanta, Canada doesn't. This short end of the stick all the time. It's so. not enough people here. So let's go with that. Okay, I'm down. Okay. <laughs> do you want to talk about what you have, and then we'll finish up with mine, or do you what, want? What do I have? Oh, no, you wrote some stuff down after you got here. Uh. I mean, it doesn't matter. We, no, no, you do that one. Okay, I'll do mine. So there's some very sad news that came out. Um, I think I read this yesterday, maybe the day before. <laughs> maybe it was yesterday. So the NCN, NCN Flames, um, this is a team that plays for the KJHL, which is a Keystone Junior Hockey League. It's a Junior B team in Manitoba. Um, the captain of their team uh, was in a house fire. His name is Keith Blacksmith. So him and his girlfriend, Tyra Kirkness, were in a house fire. Um, she ended up dying from it, and he has burns on 70% of his body. That's significant. So major, 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 not cool, major, scary. Yeah. Um, there's a quote from his mom that she wrote on Facebook. I'm going to read it. Um, she said, I just seen him. He's in an isolated room. There's only a few of us that can actually go right inside the room covered in suits, so they have to be fully covered up to go in. Hmm. Um, his whole body, except for his head, is covered in gauze. He's going to be in an induced coma for quite some time. Because of his condition, the doctor said anything can change at any time. Um, right now, he's in stable condition. There is a machine helping him breathe. I'm so scared. Keep those prayers coming. 
That's tough. That's it's an ama- it's amazing he's alive. Mm-hmm. If his girlfriend is uh, died because I mean, but I mean seventy percent burns or seventy percent of your body's burnt. That's you know. he'll probably not play hockey. Oh again no, if he survives. Yeah, and, I mean hockey is probably insignificant in his like that family's life at the moment, but that's that's tough. Um, I'm assuming there's some fundraising and stuff. There going is. On. There's a GoFundMe set up. Cool. I think someone has. I think last time I checked, it was around twenty eight hundred dollars. I believe. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's a that's going to majorly affect that team that yeah that area that definitely that community. Yeah, well, yeah, it's that's that's significant. That's as he's your captain. Yeah, I hope that the team is able to go in and and visit him and stuff. Um, once he's able to have more visitors and and whatnot, that must be yeah, like really. Hopefully, things work out. Like like she says, it could change. Anything can change at any time. Yeah, we'll have to keep our eye on that on that mm-hmm. story and give an update maybe next week. Yeah, that's tough. Did you find that on on Facebook? You said that was on Facebook. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Uh, the topic that I have to discuss is two. Um, the EIHL came out with, uh, pride jerseys, uh, to celebrate pride and stuff. And the EIHL, if you guys don't know, is the league in England and not just England, but I mean like the UK. So there's a team in Scotland, there's a team in, uh, England itself. There's, there's all kinds of teams. We've talked about the EIHL lots on this channel. Um, logo rankings, just general updates. Uh, I love to go see a game over in that league sometime. But they came out with um, some specialty jerseys. And this league is actually really good with coming out with specialty jerseys for different events and stuff. And they came out, every team has their own pride jersey. And they're all different. Every team has a different jersey. They look pretty cool. They don't wear them just in warm-ups. They actually wear them during a couple of the games. And uh, an EIHL player has actually come out publicly as being bisexual. That's pretty significant. Mm. I This is the first story in any professional hockey league that I can remember of a player coming out as bisexual or gay or whatever because in the NFL I've seen it in the MLB I think I've seen it I don't know about the NBA it's never happened in the NHL to my knowledge I can't think of any mm, I know it's people have come out after the fact yeah but nothing like uh, for some reason this, I'm I'm trying to think there's one man maybe not though I don't know but anyways this uh his name's Zach Sullivan he plays for the Manchester Storm um and he came out publicly while he played for the team not after he was done playing while he he played so that's man the courage to do that would be unbelievable uh he said he was really proud to to wear the the pride jersey and stuff mm-hmm. so um, good on the EIHL for doing that. Good on Zach for for having the courage to come out. And I mean, the, if you haven't seen the jerseys, they're pretty cool. You should go on Twitter and, and check them out. Uh, I think they look really good. There's some really, really neat designs uh, in some of them. And the NHL does some stuff for Pride as well. I think they have specialty jerseys that some teams wear during warmups, and they at least have oh yeah, shirts no, that they, they have a program. It's yeah, just how it's effect, whole, how effective it's being or not being. Like, yeah. And we might see, we might see that trend come over to the NHL where teams maybe wear those jerseys during an actual game, um, and not just warm ups or whatever. Because the hockey, hockey has like, or the NHL has hockey fights cancer. Like the hat that I'm wearing right now is a hockey fights cancer hat. They have jerseys for hockey fights cancer, but they don't wear them during games. Maybe they should. I'd be okay with that. They have military jerseys and stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should wear those jerseys during a game. Food for thought. Uh, something to think about, but. Yeah, uh, hockey's going in the right direction for for that kind of stuff. The last topic that I have 
is something I've been waiting oh, no. like a week and a half to get you to try. And I had no intentions of actually doing this on a video, but we're going to do this on video. So <laughs> Even though a lot of people are just listening. For our audio listeners, uh, you might want to jump over to YouTube and skip ahead to the very end of this podcast to, to check this out. I have a piece of peanut butter brittle. Do you know what that is? Mm, kind of. It's, it, you know what a score bar is? Yep. It's got that kind of like crunchy, sticky yep. stuff. It's like that, but it's has, it's like, it's peanut butter, peanut butter. Okay, before we go any further, is this something you ended up liking or not liking? Uh, it was a little bit too much for me, but I know that you like spicy stuff. And this Oh, is, it's going to be spicy? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. This is ghost pepper no! peanut butter brittle. <laughs> no, I don't have any drinks here, nothing. You don't need one. Don't need anything. It's ghost freaking pepper. Uh, this has been wrapped up in this thing for t- about two weeks way before i get sick so okay. i'm gonna, i'm touching the outside of it but i've not touched the inside of it okay. even when i put it in this i used the bag to put it in this so I, no so you did eat this i did eat this you should have ate this on camera with me i ate this at work okay um so i'm not gonna touch it obviously because i'm sick and i don't know if i'm contagious now but i think I'm, you getting I'm mad at gritty cured your cold you haven't <laughs> coughed since that anyways it's it is it's oh, good man. it's really good but it's a little too hot for me. And you have to put the whole thing in your mouth. Don't be a wimp. It doesn't have any smell at, at all. Just, it's about the Not size. Not that you can of, see this. It's very it's smaller small. than a quarter. But, um, Jason Here. likes, we like to try hot things. I don't know why, but we do. I'm going to take a picture of this and then I will put it overlapped on YouTube so that you guys can see That's it. That's a good idea. it's so small, you're not going to be able to see it. <coughs> so I'll even put it right on the table so that we can get a... There we go. This is a great audio <laughs> for you people listening on whatever you're listening on. All it's, right. Uh, Dink it. <laughs> it's crunchy. It's quite peanut buttery. I, I liked it. It's just a, How it was, can it be peanut butter and ghost pepper at the same I time? I don't know. I don't know. But it, the, the heat is definitely significant. Eventually, it gets there. Uh, I don't want to swallow because that's when it will. Hmm. Yeah, I would say chew it up as much as you can. Don't let it. Don't swallow any big chunks and let it sit there. And are you, are you feeling any hotness yet? Oh yeah, it's not too bad, but it's definitely there. Okay, it's like really stuck in my teeth. Oh, it's affecting my voice. <laughs> I can... Oh. oh. <laughs> wow, it's kicked in, people. You're crying, but it doesn't. It's not that. It's not that odd, but it's it is at the same time. I don't know how to describe it. Whew. It's very strange. It was epic. I can smell it. Oh. Holy crap! Whew. All right. Well, thanks for doing that. I appreciate it. Oh, that was some great entertainment. Wow. I think you have to close this one out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening and watching. I uh, really appreciate that. Um, sorry for not uh, uploading too many channel or too many videos on the channel or the second channel this week. There's really only the two videos since last Sunday, so uh, that won't be the same this coming week. Uh, cold is is almost over now, and um, I have lots of videos to make. I need to talk about the new Colorado Avalanche jerseys and the LA Kings jerseys, and uh, some other stuff as well. I want to play <laughs> some more <laughs> geo guests around the second channel. And just have fun with you guys. So um, subscribe to the second channel. That would be awesome. I appreciate it if you're not already. And subscribe to the main channel. Post the post too. 
So thanks, guys, for listening and watching. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you in the next podcast, podcast number 98, coming next weekend. Adios.